Good morning, everybody. We're so happy to see you virtually this Sunday morning. Um, I just wanted to take one quick moment so that you can greet each other. But also, would you join me in just saying happy birthday to this handsome man? (laughs) Thank you. It was his birthday yesterday, and so um, he's another year older. I got some more salt and pepper going, which I do not mind. wish him a happy birthday. Go ahead and type that out and um, get ready for some awesome worship with the Lord. Have you ever felt just alone or isolated or so socially distanced? It's just weighing on you and you've ever like felt like it's reaching a breaking moment? Like I know we're in coronavirus times, right? COVID-19. And it it can weigh on you. You can start feeling it. I, I heard this story where this guy was at Home Depot and he's waiting in line, and he's the six feet apart, and he's social distancing, and he finally makes it up to pay for, for what he was buying. And he just, you know, he's a nice guy. So he asked the cash register lady, you know, how you doing? And I caught her off guard, and she says, man, I, not great. I, I haven't hugged anyone in months. I haven't touched anyone. It's just so alone. And so being this awesome guy that he is, he's like, I'll give you a hug. Like, I'll hug you. And she takes him up on the offer and they hug. And it's this this beautiful exchange of someone who needs compassion and someone who's going to give compassion. Right? She needed this hug. He had a hug to give. And it's this great story where they come together and and they both needed something. Right? He had something to offer and she needed to receive it. And and it reminds me of Matthew chapter 8. There's this moment where this leper, it comes up to Jesus. He's walking down after church, right? He preaches the Sermon on the Mount. He's coming down the mountain. Church ends, he's going, and this guy with leprosy pops out and starts talking to Jesus. It's Matthew chapter 8. And this, this leper, he needed a breakthrough. He needed compassion, right? And then Jesus is compassion. And they intersect in this beautiful exchange that happens. And I want to look at this today and and really focus on uh, this concept, hope six feet away. Hope is six feet away. Right? Sometimes we can feel like our breakthrough, our hope, uh, you know, whatever it might be, is so far away. It's a million miles and, and it's never obtainable. It's never accessible. But in reality, hope is six feet away. And I don't want to preach that from the idea of, you know, coronavirus, we have to social distance six feet and this idea of that's, that's what's on our minds. But what happens when, when hope feels farther than six feet away? How do we bring that hope closer so it feels obtainable? So Matthew chapter 8, verse 1 through 4 says this, When Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. Again, this is right after church. This is right after his greatest sermon he's ever preached. Large crowds followed him. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately, he was cleansed of leprosy. I want to preach this message on hope six feet away. And I know we all have experience right now of really what six foot six feet is 
right? We see all the X's on the sidewalks or the chalk lines or whatever. It's all over. And we have this idea of six feet. None of us will ever forget six feet, right? The rest of our lives will always have ingrained a six foot distance because we've, we've obeyed it. We've seen it. We've been part of it for so long now. And the interesting, interesting thing of how this story parallels to us, this man with leprosy coming after Jesus, paralleling with us in coronavirus times, is the law for lepers was they were required to stand six feet away from anyone else. Right? I, I just, when I researched and I found that out, it just blew my mind. The fact that a leper had to stand six feet away, and all of a sudden, I just felt it. I instantly knew that feeling of everyone else didn't have to social distance except for him. Everyone else was together, everyone else was mingling, and he had to stay six feet away. It's as if that feeling of what happens when coronavirus ends and if someone has to still stand six feet away, but no one else does. And that's, those are the shoes he's in. That's his feeling, that's his emotions. He has to social distance and no one else does. And then he comes up to Jesus after church, right? Filled with leprosy. I want to preach a message that places our biggest breakthrough from a million miles away to right in front of us, six feet. See, this man with leprosy, his breakthrough was a million miles away. Right? He had no chance, no hope, no nothing of ever being able to bridge that six-foot gap. It, it was impossible. He was isolated for the rest of his life until he died because he was infected. And, and his hope, he couldn't obtain it. It was so far away. And then that hope was brought close to him to right at the edge of six feet where Jesus had to stand. By law, Jesus had to stand six feet away from this leper. And in the end of the story, Jesus breaks through the six feet to heal him. So what what closes the gap of our breakthrough? What closes, what places hope within an arm's reach away? You know, when everything feels like it's falling apart or everything feels like there's no hope to this or there's no breakthrough, there's no anything that could bridge this gap how do how do we do it how do we come closer and i I'm, i put myself in this leper shoes because there's some there's a lot more in the story that's going on see this leper approached jesus after church and the beauty of it is we have the whole transcript of this sermon from jesus that church service is written out So I read through and I was like, okay, if I was this man filled with leprosy, what part of this sermon would make me react the way that he did? So you read through all two chapters and you come to Matthew chapter seven. It's like two sentences, right? So Jesus is preaching, blessed are the poor, blessed are this, blessed are that, you know, going through the whole thing. And then he he comes and he, with all audacity that is Jesus, he says this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 through 8. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find it. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. The one who seeks, finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. And as my shoes were in the shoes of this man with leprosy, 
that's that's probably the only thing I'd hear. See, up to that point, I'd be like, okay, yeah, great, uh, I'm dying. I have leprosy, and if you don't know how leprosy works, it's it, it just basically kills you one inch at a time, up to the point where fingers start falling off, limbs start falling off, and and in his mind, he's hopeless. He's like, blessed are the poor. Okay, doesn't help me. Blessed are this. Pr- it doesn't really help me. Goes through, and then he says, "Ask, and it'll be given to you." Well, hold, hold on. I have something I've been asking for years about. I have a sickness. Is that man telling this man that if I just go up and ask, he's gonna do it for me? <laughs> Let's find out right now. Right. So everyone's leaving. And this man almost traps Jesus. Could you imagine if this man wasn't healed? It would actually disprove the entire sermon that Jesus just preached on. And everyone is witnessing this moment because this guy is about to ask for something audacious. See, what hope was so far in the distance was all of a sudden brought six feet in front of him. And then Jesus bridged that six-foot gap for healing. So how... How do we do it? How do we, how do we make our hope that feels so far away and how do we bring it closer, obtainable? So number one, received. Receive, write this down. This man with leprosy would have never approached Jesus if he didn't receive the message from Jesus. If he didn't receive what was being spoken, if he didn't receive the word, he would have not even approached. He wouldn't have acted on the word. And I don't want this to sound so complicated. It's so simple. It really just comes down to, can you receive the word of God and act on it? That's pretty much it. It's such a simple point. And a lot of us don't. A lot of us don't act and we are not receiving what the word of God is saying. I, I, based on putting this online, I would bet, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but I'm, I'm going to put a wager out there. There's probably someone cleaning right now and you're not receiving the word. You're, you're busy doing other things and you're kind of half listening and, and it's really preventing you from receiving the word of God. But the first point is you have to receive the word of God to have hope in your life, to make change happen. You know, there's probably someone playing video games right now, just on their tablet. Put it down. Receive the word of God. I, I, I probably would guess there's someone on Instagram flipping through, half listening to the message and half going through Instagram. Put it down. How do you expect to have Jesus change your life if you don't allow Jesus into your life? How, how do you expect the word of God to transform your life if you don't allow the word of God to be in your life. We need to receive what is happening. And and the, the, the order, the timeline of this is critical to understand. See, the word of God came first and then transformation came second. Some other things happen, but you need to understand that word precedes breakthrough. Do you know how many times that God is speaking into your life just before breakthrough, it's so easy to miss it. It's so easy to, to you know, think, oh, this is something else or this is that or whatever. We need to hear the word of God because it precedes breakthrough. 
This man was just standing before the word who was God, heard truth spoken, and acted on that truth. How many of our lives would be different if we heard the absolute truth of God and acted on it? Can you imagine what your life would be like if that was the case every single time? Can you imagine what people's lives around us would be like if that was the case all the time? But we miss it. We would rather show up for the breakthrough and skip out on all the word stuff. But the fact of the matter is, the word is what transforms and makes the breakthrough. It starts with receiving it. Stop missing out on the word. Number two, positioned. See, in, in, the, in the story, the man with leprosy first heard the sermon, followed down the path. He had to avoid people staying six feet away, then cornered Jesus when he found his opportunity. He, he heard it. He received the word of God, but then he positioned himself, right? He positioned himself, positioned. You must position yourself at the foot of Jesus. There's a scene in Star Wars. It's, it, it, it blows my mind every time. I've seen Star Wars a few times. I don't know if you knew that. Patty, if you knew that, if anyone else knew that. I, I'm obsessed with Star Wars. A few. A few. <laughs> and there's this moment where uh, Luke Skywalker has an X-Wing, right? And he crash lands and it goes into a swamp and it sinks down. And then he has to use the force to lift out this this starfighter, right? And he's like, he's sticking his hand out. And it just rumbles up a little bit and it shakes and there's bubbles and, you know, and and R2-D2 shaking, you know, whatever. And then it goes back in the swamp. And then Yoda walks up, right? The greatest Muppet of all time. Sticks his little uh, three fingers out at it. Shakes a little bit. And then the whole X-Wing lifts out of the swamp lifts over and gets set down and Luke says I can't believe it and then Yoda says and that's why you failed we we find ourselves failing because we don't have faith we find ourselves failing our breakthroughs or missing our breakthroughs because our faith isn't there but our faith comes by positioning ourselves at the foot of Jesus we have this concept kind of like Luke I can't believe it I, I can't believe that happened I, I don't think that will ever occur to me no, I don't your lack of faith is directly tied to your position to Jesus that's, that's what it comes down to and this this leper his positioning just absolutely blew my mind his positioning is 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 crazy. And and I want to I want to show you this for a second. So the leper calls Jesus Lord. Okay? That doesn't really stick out at face value. But I want to point out something. He says Lord. He calls him Lord. Up to this point, Lord has been written in the New Testament 13 times. This is the 14th time Lord is written into the New Testament. 14 times and the crazy thing is this is the first time 
a human being is addressing Jesus as Lord. All 13 times before this is the author writing the angel of the Lord. The Lord will. The Lord does. So you're telling me this is the first human being in the New Testament to see Jesus and call him Lord. And then uh, take a step back and then look. Jesus just preached an entire Sermon on the Mount in front of a multitude, whatever number that is, and they call him teacher. He has disciples, and they call him rabbi. And this leper calls Jesus Lord. This is the Greek word that has been pulled out from Yahweh. Right? This word Lord means overseer or in charge of, in control of everything. And he walks up and he says, Lord, he's basically saying, you're in charge of my entire life. You're overseeing everything, all that I am, all that I go to, everything. You are my Lord. You are the Lord of all and the Lord of me. And he's the first human in the New Testament to do it. And can you imagine Jesus going? Like, if I was in Jesus' shoes, and I think I would have failed as Jesus, like, in, like, one second. In the back of my mind, I would have been like, and these fools have been following me for how long? And the man who walks up, sneaks through people, jumping six feet apart, and he somehow made it through the multitude, social distancing... (laughs) walked up and called me who I am? I wonder if, just just a side note, a wonderment, if you will, when Jesus was asking his disciples, who do people say that I am? And then says, no, well, who do you say that I am? I wonder if in the back of his head, he was really bothered that no one else had called him Lord before the leper. It blows my mind. This leper knew his position. His position as he is a subject in the kingdom of God and and God is his Lord. And we miss out on positioning. Transformation doesn't happen because we don't understand the position of who Jesus is in our lives. And my, my biggest concern is... There's too many people that follow Jesus and they don't understand the position of Jesus. I'm really concerned that a lot of people are in the, the followers and the fans of Jesus. They're just following after Jesus, calling him teacher. Oh, rabbi. Oh, you're so good. I love Jesus. I got my shirt that says Jesus. And we have positioned Jesus to lead us. And we forget to position Jesus to be Lord over us. And I'm concerned by that. Because until we make Jesus our Lord, we, we just there's so many things we're missing out on that we're failing at. And I, I want to challenge you. Make Jesus Lord of your life and make Jesus Lord over your life. Position yourself at his feet just like this leper. Because that's where transformation happens.
That's where grace happens. That's where mercy happens. That's where salvation happens. That's where everything that the Bible talks about happens. It's at the foot of Jesus. I don't want to be lost in the crowd. I want to be at the foot of Jesus. That's that's where everything happens. People fell into this trap following God incarnate on earth 2,000 years ago. Like they could see God on earth physically there and actually fell into the trap of not realizing he's Lord over their life. They just followed after him. It's like, man, that was a great teacher. That was the best podcast I've ever seen. Well, I got to get back to doing my life. And this leper was like, this man is Lord over my life and I will stop at nothing to go talk to him. That's the position. Do you want to be inside the room where it happened or left outside wondering if anything will ever happen? Right? I want to be on I want to be inside the room where it happens. I want to be at the foot of Jesus. Right? Too many people are on the outside looking in, trying to figure out what's going on. In reality, Jesus transforms. Right? Jesus is Jesus is at the center of the room, and I want to be in the room where it happens. Let's make that happen. Uh, one thing that we're doing in our church now is we are, one of our core statements is doing life together. And we want to embody that throughout the messages too. Not just saying, hey, let's do life together. No, but we can do that right now. We could practice that in the middle of a sermon and the middle of a message. So right now, wherever you're at, grab your cell phone, your tablet, your computer, whatever. Uh, minimize the sermon, whatever you got to do. And we're going to pause the message. We're not done by any means, but I want you to hop into the comments on Facebook, YouTube, wherever. And I want you to answer this question. Ready? How can you personally position Jesus as Lord this week? How can you do it? Not just like a good answer of like, ah, I think this is really good. This is what the teacher wants to hear. No, how, how are you going to purposely position Jesus as Lord this week? Right? How, 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 discuss it. I want you to jump in the comments. Don't just leave a good response and bounce out. That's not doing life together. Doing life together is commenting and then replying to someone else. It's entering into discussion. And so what I want you to do is, is just take a moment and a break to do life together with someone digitally. Welcome back. I'm excited to, to see what everyone says and, and also do life together with you. Number three, how do we bring hope closer? How do we move it? How do we make our breakthrough that seems so far away and position it right next to us? How do we position what seems impossible into reality and possible? Number three, motivated. Write this down, motivated. Why was he motivated? What was his motivation? What was his agenda? Why did he approach Jesus and possibly become executed and stoned? Right, if Technically speaking, if he reached out and grabbed Jesus, technically he would have to be killed. And, and so would the person he touched would become unclean. Right? He was a rabbi. He was a teacher, Jesus. What was his motivation behind it? 
says in the in the verse going back Lord if you are willing can you make me clean Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man I am willing he said be clean immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy Here's something that stands out to me on this He doesn't say healed He doesn't use the word healing like when you talk about in, in the Greek, there's a lot of times healing will come up and it'll say heal the sick. But that's not used here. It's a different word. It's cleansed. It's clean. There's two different words and we know his motivation because he didn't use healing. He used cleansed. And there's, there's a core difference between the two. Healed means I just don't want to be sick anymore. Can you take this away. I just want to be made whole. And that's healing in the Greek. But then cleansed is a whole nother level. He comes up to Jesus and has the audacity and says, I want you to clean me. I want to be cleansed. And I, I feel like if putting myself in Jesus' shoes, I'd be thrown for a loop because everyone else is, wants to be healed. But this man wants to be cleansed. And the soul difference is cleansed means rejoin society. That's what it means. It was the process of going to a priest and, and being examined and giving that stamp that's okay and you're proven that you're cleansed. And that cleansed meant that you could rejoin your family. You could rejoin everyone else. I, I, this blows my mind. It's doing life together is his whole motivation. Put, put yourself in, the, in, in his shoes for a moment. Once more. This, this man of leprosy went and heard the church service, right? He saw Jesus preach. But put yourself in his shoes. Where was he standing? Think about it. He could see Jesus and he was isolated away, standing by himself, and he could see the multitude. And I got to imagine in this scene, he was looking at Jesus and he was hearing the words. And then he'd look over and see these people. You see families hugging each other. And hold each other. you'd probably see the kids being past bread and then like laughing and playing. And then, you know, the dad watching Jesus and listening. And, and he glances to another couple. Maybe they're young and they're not married yet. And they're just holding each other, listening to this rabbi speak. And his heart is broken because his leprosy is holding him back from entering into community, entering into doing life together. What's the rest of his story? Was he taken away from his wife, his kids? We don't know. All we know is that he had to distance himself six feet away from everyone he loved and cared about. And he goes up to Jesus, not to say, can you heal me? But can you cleanse me? I want to do life together with people again. I've been sitting distanced from them for so long. His heart is breaking on the inside. He just has to be by himself. And the story of the man at Home Depot really, really touched me because I kept thinking about this woman 
had no physical contact for a couple months, and her heart was breaking so much that at her workplace she told a complete stranger who was buying some lawn and garden thing that she hasn't had a hug, and it was weighing on her. That was two months. How long did this man have leprosy? How long has this man been away from any human contact? His motivation was not selfishly heal me. His motivation was, I want to do life together. There's something about community. There is something about people. There is something about being in this together. And he got it. And the thing that broke my heart when I was studying this is how many of us have a motivation where we want something selfishly and once we get it, we can just be done with this. It's like, God, become a magic genie in my life. Grant me my wish so I can just move forward. I think that's the wrong kind of motivation. Mm -hmm. We need to have a motivation saying, God, my heart is pure. My, My agenda is to further the kingdom of God. My agenda is you. My agenda is people. My, this is who I am. It's, our, it's my motivation. Yeah, this, this, he just wanted to be cleansed. He wanted to go back into everything, into life. Man. He brought breakthrough that felt like a million miles away and brought it six feet from him because he was a leper he didn't approach jesus and and break that six foot gap he didn't reach out and touch jesus he he brought hope to him and the end of the story it says jesus reached out and touched him and i love that picture i love that image the the whole story really revolves around two main perspectives Right? It's the person that needs a breakthrough and it's the person that could bring compassion and love and bring the breakthrough to that person. Right, Those are the two main perspectives. Someone who needs a breakthrough and someone who can deliver a breakthrough. And I want us to catch this because some of us today just need a breakthrough. Right, We need that hope. We need Jesus desperately. And we need that breakthrough. And there's a whole lot of us who should be the second perspective, where we have the capacity to deliver breakthrough to those that need it. See, those are the two main perspectives. The person who needs a breakthrough and the person that can deliver a breakthrough. But then you have this subtle, sneaky, small third perspective hiding off and disguised as the multitude. You have people that can deliver breakthrough, but choose not to. Hmm. And they're grouped up and they're huddled and they're in their social clique and they're walking around and they're just doing their own thing. And church to them has become like this country club golf society, if you will. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the pandemic that plagues the church today, right? Jesus has empowered us and given us the Holy Spirit to bring that power and authority that is Jesus as a breakthrough to people that need that breakthrough. 
Right? He, he says that we are empowered through him. We don't do it. But we're his hands. He, he flows through us. And the, I would say like the worst thing that we could do is slap him in the face and join the crowd and just watch what happens. Mm-hmm. No, God's calling us out of the crowd to deliver breakthrough. So if you're stuck here today and you're saying, well, I don't need a breakthrough, then by all means, you have the authority and power through the power of God to deliver a breakthrough to someone. And I, I can't end here. This isn't the ending point. I need to touch on one more thing of the story that, that blew my mind. And it gave me a little bit of conviction. And by a little bit, I mean a lot of it. Conviction. And I want to share what God spoke to me about this more. Jesus left church, right? The Sermon on the Mount. And then on that day, he healed three people. He healed the man with leprosy. He healed the centurion's uh, servant. And then he healed Peter's mother-in-law. Just boom, boom, boom. And I, I fully believe that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me to say there are three types of people that we need to deliver breakthrough to. And one of them's easy and two are kind of hard. See, each of the three people that Jesus healed represents three types of people in our own lives. The man with leprosy represents people that society has pushed away. Right? They're the outcasts. They're they're people that maybe the body of the church doesn't like or feels uncomfortable by, just for whatever reason. They're kind of like the outcasts. There are people that need breakthrough who you might feel uncomfortable socializing with. Yes. That the God of the universe has said, no, you, you pray, you love, you deliver yes. compassion. Yes. You be my feet, my hands, my face. You are who I am embodied to go and love who society has has made them outcasts right and i love that that was the first healing because it'd be easy to say if that was the last healing to say oh the people that are on the outside they're the last to be bring the love of jesus to no that was the first person Mm -hmm. he wasn't even down the mountain all the way there are people that are just outcasts that society says oh maybe not i don't know Uh, you know i want to keep my distance and that's the first person Jesus brought his compassion and love to. Second person, the centurion's servant brought compassion and love and healing to the centurion's servant. Who does this person represent? The centurion was a garrison, right? This is a military installment who are hurting, brutalizing, beating up, murdering and killing people in their city. See, the Jews would come in, and this was a Roman citizen, and for whatever reason, could kill, murder, whatever. Right? For the Jewish people, they hated this group of people. And Jesus, in front of all the Jewish people, heals what represents hate. The second group of people that we need to show compassion and love and bring breakthrough that is the, the power of Jesus is people we don't like. 
people we can even hate. That's the second group of people. And then the third group of people. I love that Jesus did this last. Because he's like, don't discount the first two. Just to get to the third. Peter's mother-in-law. Jesus goes back and, and historically you can now look at what was uncovered and see where their house was and all that kind of stuff. And the interesting thing about historically where Peter's house was and where his mother-in-law lived was right next to the synagogue. Right next to the church. Right next to where the hub of the city was. And in this moment, Jesus goes back and goes to this house and heals her. And and this this would be the house where when church ends, people would come over and food was provided and cookies were made. I don't know. I just threw in cookies. That's just how I imagined it happened, I guess. Right? Everyone loved this woman. This is like the snack lady at church, you know? We all love that lady. She brings the best. We know who you are. <laughs> you know, this is, this is the woman that everyone loves. This woman that Jesus healed, the third person on that day that Jesus healed, represents people that we love. People that we love. Our friends, our family, our coworkers, people that we just like, we love, they're in our inner circle. This is the third type of people, third group of people that we need to bring the love of Jesus to. And I want to say it should be obvious that we do this, but sometimes we don't out of fear, out of like, oh, what will they say? What will happen? What will, you know? What if I pray for healing and Jesus doesn't heal them? Like, what's going to happen? You know? And Jesus says, no. These are the three types of people that everyone has in their life. And you need to be the same to all three. You need to bring love and compassion and bring me to them. Because ultimately, Jesus is breakthrough in lives. I love that. I love what's happening in this moment right here. So, here's what, here's what I want to do. is I want to challenge you to have a next step this week. I want to challenge you to, to take action. Just like how this man with leprosy took action after he heard the word of God. After church, his next step was encountering Jesus. You were having church, and now your next step is to demonstrate the love of Jesus to someone. What does that look like to you? What what does that mean to you? Demonstrate the love of Jesus. Right? We need to step into as the feet of Jesus and bring compassion and love. And if it's a prayer for sickness, whatever it might be, I know that the Holy Spirit is going to start speaking someone in your mind right now. For you to take a next step to maybe call them, text them, you know, bring the love of Jesus to them. Let's pray. Lord, you, man, you are everything. You are our Lord. You are not just a good teacher. You are not just a good storyteller. You're the Lord of our lives, the Lord of the universe. Speak to us today. 
and encourage us to take action on what we've heard. If we need a breakthrough, let us position you as Lord of our lives. But if we're in the crowd, God, I pray that we would be convicted to step out of the crowd and into what you have called us to be, into your shoes, into your arms, into delivering the word of God to our community. In your mighty name, amen. Oh, I'm so glad you got that opportunity to worship with us. Yeah. Um, it's always, the Lord always does amazing things. Uh, he never fails us. <laughs> um, but now it's just time for our tithe and offering. And you can go ahead and click on the link above or go to lighthouse805.com and go to our giving page and give there. Um, and you can continue to give for our children's ministry fund as well. And um, I just want to say thank you for those of you who have yeah. been giving. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, it makes a huge difference, and, and we're getting there, and it's very, very exciting. So, um, thank you. This week, we have a Kids Campus starting up this week. So, make sure you are on a lookout for the email with the schedule on it, as well as if you haven't registered yet, you still have time to do that. Make sure you do that. Um, but the kids got their camp boxes this week in the mail um, yeah. with their camp merch and all that fun stuff. So, they were just thrilled to open that up um, but it also comes with supplies to use during kids camp so make sure you get your kids registered it's going to be an awesome awesome time um, and speaking of boxes children's ministry has been sending out loot boxes so make sure you keep an eye out in your mail for that and um, they're going to be coming out the next couple weeks so just keep an eye out for it and i'm the kids are just gonna love it it's we're yeah. so excited for yeah. this and thank you pastor pat for heading that up because i'm um, he loves your kids, and he just wanted to be able to bless them, um, especially with, with everything that's going on right now. So be on the lookout for those. And finally, if you aren't receiving our newsletter, make sure you send us an email with your email <laughs> um, at lighthouse, no, sorry, info at lighthouse805.com. Uh, so we can get you on our newsletter and make sure you're checking your spam folder just to make sure it's not going there. Um, but that way you can keep up to date with everything that's going on, all the things that we're doing, um, all the fun stuff. And you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook um, to just be in touch during the week as we're doing life together during the week. Uh, we yeah. can do it. We can do it virtually on social media as well. So with that, have a wonderful day. Go out. It's okay to go and get a donut or a cupcake in celebration of this guy's birthday. He said it's okay. <laughs> Calories won't count today. <laughs> Love you guys, and we miss seeing you. But I'm so glad you're here today. Bye. God bless.